What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to episode 155 of What Most People Think. And Jesus, what a week it's been since last week's special episode with friend of the show, Romesh Ranganathan. Listen to that one while you can. But, the, you know, the, the whole conservative leadership race has moved on at a pace. We've lost uh, we've lost Tom, Sue Ellen, Sue Ella. Uh, we've, lost, uh, we've lost Penny, we've lost Kemi. And, and I'll keep calling by their first name just because of how fucking annoyed some left-wing people online get by it. And we're left with Liz and Rishi. We'll be speaking about that. We've also had uh, we've had the two-day heat wave. It was fucking hot. And and obviously, there were there were problems associated with the heat. You can't bury your head in the sand, actually. You know, Britain probably will be sand in about five years. People say stuff like that now. But there's all, there was also still, within the realities of what was happening, there was still huge exaggeration, wasn't there? There was actual news outlets saying... While London burns, because it makes them feel good to say stuff like that. It sounds fucking dramatic when they're at journalism school. As London's burn, London's burning. There are fires. I think the phrase "London while London burns." I mean, if there are any survivors of the Great Fire of London, I think that would actually be quite triggering. Um, so well, this is the show. If you're just listening to it, or maybe it's your your second or third episode, um, in it's the show that talks about life, comedy. Uh, politics. I mean, it's, that's not really uh, that's not really a concept, is it? We talk a lot about uh, about uh, uh, politics. We make time for other things, and there's a show that this week thinks that, given the final two that the Tories are getting down to, and the fact that Liz Truss might be prime minister, is that maybe the Tories are just finding being in power after all this time. It's a bit stressful, isn't it? Maybe they just want to. Free up some time for hobbies. If it was me and I was in politics, I'd be going for opposition every time. Do you know what I mean? You get to go, I stand up, make the big grandstanding backbench speeches and none of the fucking pressure, uh, or as it has been the last 12 years, is the hypothetical moral certainty of the British left. Uh, This week, so we'll be talking about that. I will be having a catch up on the politics. We've also got Sean Walsh on. And I don't think this is offensive to say to Sean, uh, but he he would be the first to admit that... (laughs) That he's not really the most politically minded guy uh, in the world. So in a, in a slight break with tradition, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do the politics first. Then I'm gonna open with Sean with the the thank yous and the fuck yous, and then we're gonna get into talking about uh, all things comedy. It really was. Uh, I've already done the chat at the time of recording this bit. This is a great chat. I, I want Sean to come on the show again and again because his thoughts about comedy, how you do it, and I know there are a lot of comedy nerds that listen to this show. They're just always worth listening to, and the. Uh, and well, the level of sober energy that he's got at the moment is frankly fucking offensive. You know, he's got a clarity of thought, which, which you know, actually pissed me off if he's listening. How dare you be that fucking clear-headed at that time in the morning? Uh, just a quick uh, shout-out to new patrons. So there's just one new patron this week. Paul Burns. It just sounds like a classic football charm on that, doesn't it? Uh, Paul Burns. There's only one Paul Burns. There's only... He's one guy that would give that real nice clap to the fans. Not a badge kisser. 
you know, not a badge kisser, but a fan clapper. I think that's a fair place to be. The badge kissers, you're like, well, he's fucking going in the summer, isn't he? <laughs> badge kisser. I mean, it almost sounds like a, like, it almost sounds like a, a term of offence, doesn't it? Fucking badge kisser, that one. Uh, but Paul Burns, welcome uh, to the Patreon community. As we now know, there are several levels. You know, we've got the VIP level. And by the way, we'll be doing the Patreon only next week. So VIP, get thinking about your questions, which we'll have. Pending legality, uh, uh, guaranteed uh, inclusion. I'll also be speaking uh, to the board uh, very shortly. Those are people that have edited up their pledges to 20 quid uh, or above. There's a couple of things that I need to check in with you guys about. Uh, speaking of the board and the uh, our CFO, David Domain, the main talking point from last week is we were talking, me and Romish were talking about the frankly revelatory idea that uh, not eating when you're full up might make you slimmer. <laughs> or just just eating when you're hungry. I mean, it's just, it just blew us both away. Uh, David says that there's a personal trainer called James Smith who has a motto for his fail-safe way of losing weight, which is CFD, which he calls it calorie fucking deficit. <laughs> uh, in other words, burning off more calories than you take in. He's well worth a follow on Instagram for his humorously no-nonsense advice. Potentially a future guest for men's health discussion. Very, yeah, very good shout from our CFO. Calorie fucking deficit. I mean, this is the problem these days, isn't it? You can't just be straight with people. Do you know what I mean? You can't just say, have a salad, eat less fatty. Do you know what I mean? Just stop sitting on the fucking couch. Walk to the train station. You know, walk your kid to school. Walk your dog. Walk. Move. You can't You can't say this stuff. You've got to go, you know, it's really, some of it's really baked in, emotional. No, the fact is, yes, it might be. But the, the fact remains... Is that you keep stuffing fucking Belgian buns in your face and you sit in your ass all day, you're gonna get fat. All right, <laughs> I don't know why I got so emotional. I think I was actually speaking to myself there. Okay, let's so slightly out of order this week, we're gonna do the politics first chat and then we're gonna get into the conversation with Sean. Okay, it's fair to say that the last week has been fairly bruising for the Tories. I mean, if you, if you sort of set aside the fact that Boris got defenestrated, which for me is always going to sound like a sexual act, doesn't it? Like there are videos of Boris Johnson being defenestrated in a ro- Russian hotel. Um, even this week managed to sort of take that take that on, frankly, into new areas as we had the Tory leadership uh, campaign kick off. First thing I've got to say is who signed off on three televised leadership debates. I don't know what the thinking was there. They sort of thought, well, yeah, we've got the talent. You know, we've got diverse talent. We've got a lot of women. We've got a lot of, uh, we've got a lot of BAME talent. Uh, let's get them in front of the public. What they failed to remember was the fact that, yeah, they might be talented. They might be diverse. But they will also, as part of a leadership contest, be calling each other pricks. That will be one of the main <laughs> things. And we had that. And we had, of course, they were attacking each other's records and therefore uh, attacking the record of the government. And Labour, I mean, this is a week where Labour must have just been just wanking themselves into a different fucking dimension. Because as we know with the Labour Party of late, is that if you if you dial back to pre-Owen Patterson, pre-Party Gate, pre-Chris Pincher, the Tories had a healthy lead in the polls. So the, the current lead that Labour have, let's never forget this, because at some point they will have to camp- campaign, is based on nothing they've done. Nothing that they've done. The Tories have just been sort of self-immolating tearing their own gizzards out and flinging them out in front of the public. Is this what you want? Is this what you want to see from us? Um, I mean, the problem was with the live televised debates, if you think about the Channel 4 one, 
the first one, the Channel 4 one, pissed me off. Because, like, you know, before they started tearing each other apart, they were sort of trying to win a battle of wheels with Christian and Guru Murthy. Uh, and I, I mean, Christian, I've been interviewed by Christian. I can, I can, he tries to get under people's skin first. That's the way that he operates, right? He tries to unsettle people. And he, he, I guess journalistically, he thinks that's where you get the interesting answers, right? So very much he was in kind of attack mode. You know, and he's a, he's a journalist. I'm not saying this is because of like what I see to be Channel 4 news bias. He was put, holding their feet to the fire, but my God, did he fucking enjoy doing it. Uh, and, and, you know, I think as it, as it developed, he settled down a bit and it did become a more interesting debate. What I didn't like was the hands up thing. So he was kind of like, all right, we've got an audience here. Let's just ask them. Hands up if you think they're all pricks. You know, he, he sort of played to very populist ideas. And one of them was, hands up uh, if, if you have no trust in politics, if you trust politicians at the moment. I thought, well, no one's going to put their hands up because what kind of fucking nerd does that? Do you know what I mean? It's like it's in an assembly. It's like, hands up if you love the head teacher. You're not going to put your hand up because you're going to get bullied. Do you know what I mean? You're going to get ginched in the playground afterwards. Uh, you know, or hands up who wants to do a spelling test. I just thought that was a real, and then it, of course, in the world of stupid, disconnected world of social media, there was a funny moment at the end, though, where there was an audience, I guess, of about 25, and he said, all right, having seen this bracket shit show, <laughs> he said, uh, he said, who, who here would be more likely to vote Conservative afterwards? And he's like, okay, there's one, two, three, four, seven. No, he seemed genuinely gutted, genuinely gutted that it got up to about 10. <laughs> uh, but the Channel 4 thing uh, proved one thing is that this Tom Tugendhat is a nice guy who is in the army I just don't know if anybody's aware of that Tom Tugendhat he was, he was in the army you know that? I mean I never talk about my five frontline toils in Afghanistan performing for our brave boys and girls wouldn't dream of bringing it up but he is nice he's nice Tom Tugendhat um, he is the kind of guy that could do a nice cameo in a Richard Curtis film right he's just a kind of like friend that you know, seems nice, but is actually an absolute fucking swordsman, you know, in, in the sequel to Four Weddings and a Funeral. And it was nice for the Tories in a way, I guess, to get Tugendhat out there and to remind the public that they do have these sort of easygoing Cameroonian types still in their ranks. You know, the, the kind of guys who wouldn't balk at wearing a papoose. Penny Morgan, Penny Morden, I mean, she went into it. I, I was just about to say I fancied Penny Morgan, but like, you, I know what you're going to say... She's got great hair. Like, I'm just, I can't stop thinking about how good her hair is. But I kind of thought she was potentially a good figure. You know, Brexiteer, but a One Nation Tory, some experience in government, none of the baggage. Um, but my God, she, the B in the bookie's favourite seemed to get to her, particularly in the Channel 4 debate. She just looked a bit, uh, a bit startled. And, um, and, you know, not surprisingly, I guess, when your own party were fucking monstering you for two or three days going into that, briefing against you, saying your shit at your job, you know, all that stuff. Because they just didn't want, they didn't want uh, what they saw to be a non-right-wing candidate going against Rishi. They would have thought, you know, it was two cheeks of the same arse sort of thing. And, um, and she, yeah, she didn't really uh, assert herself. I mean, one of the things that people have brought up is the how out of step she might have been on trans issues with, you know, the party and the wider public. I certainly don't think that, you know, it's certainly something I wondered. I don't think if she'd have got into office that they all get dragged towards a different position once they're in office. So I, I think that, uh, but that was an effective tool to get people worried about her. And, you know, she she got called woke, woke Penny. It must be weird for people who are really woke to see Penny Morden getting called woke. But there you go. Uh, Kemi Badenoch. I think like a lot of people on the right, a lot of conservatives were excited by Kemi's campaign. She wrote an article in The Express, which I just thought, 
was yeah, a very clear piece of communication at the very least. And, and it just shows some of the failings of the current political class that Kemi Badenoch knows what she thinks and has a way of saying it. <laughs> she has a very clear set of values and she says those things and people know what she means. So she's definitely one, I mean, I say one for the future. She's one for the present. She needs to be in whatever cabinet is formed. I did think, and some of the Tories and the purist Tories might get annoyed here. I do think that people drank the, the Kool-Aid a little bit with her. Um, she is very young. I don't think her race would have been a problem uh, for the vast majority of the membership. But I just think she's really fucking young. And she's not really been a senior figure in government. So to throw her in as prime minister, prime minister... At a time probably of the most sort of tumultuous global geopolitical landscape, but shit, that was it'd be a weird time to 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 blood a, a novice. Uh, but I think she could have been. There could have been. I'm not saying in any way that she's like Corbyn, but there could have been similarities for the right if she'd have got promoted ahead of her time. Uh, but I think that in time she she's a potential leader and certainly a senior figure in the party. Uh, Liz Trust, the first debate. I mean, I'm gonna. This is brutal. Theresa May without the charisma, right? <laughs> just, she just was so robotic, so fucking cold. Um, and she was standing. Was she standing next to Rishi in the first one? Who is slick. He can chat. Rishi's got the chat. Whatever you think about him, he's got the chat. And you just thought, my God, are we, are we really looking at a, a Conservative Party leader here who's kind of like, like her wheat field moment would be that she just bombed the wheat field. You know, like that she's, she's quite... Quite hawkish, with, with all the sort of like coldness of Theresa May, but 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 a greater ability to start wars after half a bottle of fucking Pinot, you know. Um, and she has she has been styling herself like Thatcher, no matter what she says, dressing like Thatcher. I mean, there's a photo where she's literally wearing the fucking same outfit as Thatcher. I I just think that I just think we need new stuff now in British politics. And Thatcher, it's like it was like Thatcher is like Ian Botham, right? Two. <laughs> Bear with me. Two figures from the 80s, very uh, charismatic, one-off, broke-the-mould type figures. And then for a long time afterwards, people were going, who's going to be the next Ian Botham? Who's going to be the next Margaret Thatcher? You know, And, and it took ages before we realised, no, what we actually needed was a Freddie Flintoff. Now, Rishi, um, now his star had dimmed significantly um, because old non-dom silver, that didn't help, did it? Old green card non-dom silver. Rishi's rich. Rishi's rich, and we're supposed to all care about this. I mean, I I'm probably in the minority here, even among some Tories. I don't I don't really give a shit how rich he is. I don't I don't I don't care how rich he is because that that thinking can flip. Because if you're gonna say, oh well, Rishi can't. He don't know what it's like for people to to run on a budget. He's never he's never had a, a pot noodle shared between five. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's never put one bar on the electric heater. Fine, you know. But that also goes the other way. Is you could say if somebody grew up poor, you could say, "Well, he's got no idea what it's like handling big budgets." And I, I just want him to be good. I think that Labour could potentially, if he wins, they could run into trouble by over leaning on this Rishi is rich thing, because he did also give away a lot of money during furlough, right? Give away a lot of money. That's and that's one thing rich people can do, <laughs> right? Bruce Wayne was fucking rich. Bruce Wayne was rich. He was very benevolent, wasn't he, in his own way? Right, Tony Stark. Are you really quite in superheroes, Jeff? Yeah, I think I am. All the best superheroes are right wing. I might have mentioned this before, but think about it. All the best superheroes, right? They've got a few quid. Bruce Wayne, yeah, inherited old money. Tony Stark, new money, <laughs> tech money. 
Superman, one of those weird fucking Republicans who's charming, but, you know, fucking like pickets outside abortion centres. But what happened was... <laughs> just that image of Superman picketing outside an abortion centre. You know, if people had blown up that little fucking spaceship that came from Krypton, I wouldn't be here now. Uh, he... They sort of, they all direct, in the ITV debate, they all directed their questions to Rishi and it sort of made him look like the Prime Minister. They didn't realise it was a bit, they should have thought that through. They were trying to take him down, but they sort of made him look like the guy. And, you know, in the final runoff, final runoff, I've got to say, you know, I, I sort of tapped out for a while with Boris and if the Tories make Liz Truss a leader, I would find it very hard to get behind a Conservative party. That, uh, you know, I've got loads of problems still with the other parties, but very hard with Liz Truss. I mean, if you haven't seen it, and you probably have, is that she's got this famous speech where she talks about food and agriculture, imports and exports, and she talks about uh, cheese and, you know, this famous thing about the cheese. And what happens is weird, even weirder than what she's saying and how she's saying it. So she keeps saying, we're going to have more cheese. And then she pulls a weird smile as though she's posing for the cameras. And then the Tory membership clap and they give her lots of rounds of applause. And, and then right at the end of this two-minute clip, um, she goes, and in December, I'm going to China to open some pork markets. And the, the pause afterwards, just so beautifully comedic. And then you just hear confused applause. Um, yeah, okay, bye. Now they might make that woman prime minister. People can change, but what I find odd, just one final thought on this in particular politically, is that Liz Truss is an ex-Remainer who was fairly pro-lockdown, okay? Rishi is a Brexiteer, who was fairly anti-lockdown. So what I don't fucking understand, if there's any Tories who are very ERG-minded, email what most people think UK at gmail.com and tell me why the fuck all that lot are getting in behind Liz Truss. Is it just because Rishi annoys them just by being a bit slick, you know? I mean, one thing about Rishi I would say is that with politicians, it's quite hard to get them to look at the camera and talk meaningfully to that. It's, a, it's like kryptonite to most of them. That guy doesn't have a problem talking to the camera. I would argue, arguably too keen. Do you know what I mean? Like, argue, there was points where he was supposed to be speaking directly to his opponents in the debate, and he was just like looking at the camera, going, "Am I still? Am I still on telling?" Hey? <laughs> so, Slick Rishi is probably the lead. Rishi, I think, would be a better campaigner, and of the two of them, I think he's the only one that, pro at this point, looks like that. Given the Tories a chance of even being the largest party, let alone winning a majority. Just a quick one before we get into the chat with Sean. There was a tweet, like, just when, the, you know, the Labour Party is sitting back and just counting the fucking chips of, of this inherited wealth that they've got in terms of polling. Uh, I, I heard an interview with Starmer on Alistair Campbell's. I'm sorry, I did listen to this uh, podcast that he does with Rory Stewart, which uh, I think somebody, was it Guido Fawkes, described it as a centrist circle jerk. I think that's fair. Um, but Starmer was on and he actually, you know, his analysis was pretty good. Like one of the things that he said was that the Tories actually have their own split, right? Which is post-Brexit. And we forget how those wings of the Tory party, well, eventually, as usually happens, the Tory, or Tories often provide better opposition to themselves. And he said, you know, those splits are still there. And that was pretty good. But then um, Campbell asked Starmer about what his opinion was of, of Boris. And he was, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, the, the guy's just a bullshitter. He's just a, and he kept saying bullshit. He's just a bullshit, just talking bullshit, and he's bullshitting the bullshit. And I was like, all right, we get it. Yeah, you, you're, you're shooting from the hip now, Kia, in, uh, you know, got it signed off by your 18 spads. And he, he really pissed me off. He absolutely pissed me off. I just thought it'd be really funny if he just kept, like, every paragraph had, like, a themed swear word. 
yeah, he pissed me off, the bullshit. He pissed me off and he kept adding new swear words. And I was fucked off. I don't mind admitting Alistair and Rory. I'll tell you, I was fucked off standing opposite that fucker. <laughs> on, uh, are you all right, Keir? Are you all right, Keir? Is this like, you know when the England team kept getting song lyrics into interviews as a way of winning a bet? And you're just swearing... He's just, he just swearing to impress people. It was odd. But then, you know, so the Labour Party are currently very neutral in a way. They're just critics. You know, they're like pundits. I, I, Angela Rayner is basically like fucking Gary Neville on Monday Night Football. Hey, fucking laughing at you. That's all that's happening. What you see, what he's done wrong there. He's, you know what I mean? He's like, people don't like him. Whereas people, you know, fucking people like to like people. I don't fucking like him. It's a disgrace. They're fucking laughing at you. All right, keep going. I, I can't wait to hear your ideas. But Emily Thornberry, forgot remember about her? Was she foreign secretary for the whole period under Corbyn? She's, you know, she's got history. She's, I mean, she's the ultimate. People, this is the thing about people on the left is they often look at like someone like Nadine Dorries and they say, well, you know, she's culturally divisive. She's just a fucking troublemaker, stirring up division and stuff. You have to be able to identify who those people are on the left, all right? And now, I'm not saying it's necessarily exactly on the same level. Maybe it is. She's got, you know, with that tweet that she said, oh, I'm in Rochester today and she had an England flag. We all knew what she was getting at. And she's added to her catalogue of, of tweets like that yesterday with a tweet about Nuz Khan. And, and it's, a, it's a picture of the 1922 committee and Nuz is um, pouring tea for Graham Brady and a couple of other people. And she, she said, why is Nuz pouring tea for the 1922 committee? And it's just sort of like, right. One, I'd have more respect if, if you just said what you were getting at, right? Which is you're saying either because it's a woman or either because it's an Asian woman, there's something wrong about this, it feels racist, feels misogynistic or sexist. I just thought she just, she just hasn't changed. And here's the thing, right? There were plenty of people that like that and they say, yeah, yes, queen. Yeah, you go, Emily. The problem is, is you're doing that in a week where the final two in the Tory leadership race are an Asian and a woman. <laughs> the fucking balls that she's got. To come out, and so I tell you, if anybody's listening this from Labour, and I know some of them do, do not let that woman anywhere near your front bench or communications because she will cause you problems. It's still in her, still in her. She's, she's. I don't think she's. She's quite. She's quite bitter about certain things in politics. And she, I remember, I was doing the Channel 4's alternative election. It was about fucking four a.m. and there's about seven weeping uh, Corbynistas still sitting watching us. And and they cut to her uh, uh, a kind of like they'd finished the count, the declaration, and they were talking about what had gone wrong. And instead of like all the grown up Labour figures at that time, you know, like Alan Johnson, who taught John Landsman a new one, watch that if you can. Um, she just was like, well, the public, and she she's she's got away with that one. I can't, I've never seen that clip since, but she essentially insulted the electorate. Right? I can't stand that when when politicians do that. Fuck, is this the most ranty I've ever been? Yeah. So I just think, you know, just while while the Tories are slowly kind of like just immolating themselves, destroying themselves, just remember that if Labour gets to power, there are figures on that side of the house that would be doing stuff like this too. All right, uh, let's get into the chat with the brilliant returning hero, the comedy purist, Sean Walsh. Okay, I'm very pleased to say, uh, returning to what most people think is Sean Walsh. Hello, Sean. You all right? Um, yes, thank you. Did, what what you just said, what, did that make sense? You went, returning is what most people think. I said, ret- welcome, Sean Walsh. Returning to what most people think. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. I forgot I forgot that was the name of the podcast. <laughs> Good. Well, I thought you, sorry, I thought you were saying, no. and returning to what most people think. And then I thought you were going to say is a wonderful comedian, 
What's that? And then you just went, so what's, what's he talking about? Yeah, well, it's good to know that you've done the prep. I mean, on a basic yeah. level, <laughs> knowing what fucking podcast you're on. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, that's cool. I'm so sorry. That's cool, man. Uh, they all begin with what? Yeah, do they? Yeah, Mark Steele's is what the fuck. Yours is what uh, What most people think. And mine is what's upset you now. Yeah. It's all what? So it's confusing. I know that you're cool with this. Is that I've already done the politics section, and I know that you have lots to say about the Tory leadership race, <laughs> and, and you've been you've been WhatsApping me more or less nonstop. <laughs> big big Suela Braverman man yourself, it must be said. To, to, what um, I re- I really hope um, it wins. It wins. It will win. It will win. September yeah, the fifth. Yeah, yeah. September yeah, the fifth yeah, yeah. is is the final, Sean. What is who's going to win? Uh, well, at the moment, the bookie's favourite is Liz Truss, who oh wow, I personally think would be kind of the end of the toys for a while. Uh, whereas Rishi is kind of like a sort of pocket Blair type figure. Well, the only thing I would say about Rishi is we feel we feel like we know him, right? Yes. I don't know who Liz. I don't know who Liz is. You would Liz Truss. So. so she's been around. She's foreign secretary. She's kind of. She's sort of trying to do a bit of a bad Thatcher tribute act. Like, she's literally worn the same clothes as her. You know, like in uh, The Office, when David Brent comes in dressed as Mark oh Mark from the, <laughs> the Swindon yes. branch. Yeah, she's yes, done that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. The Rishi thing, he looks like the Ratatouille. That's probably been done. <laughs> no, I haven't heard that. Oh, he reminds me of the mouse from Ratatouille. That's it. That's my that's my politics. Can I just that's say, my, if at the fringe, I know we're both going to fringe. If you hear about Jeff's <laughs> doing this ratatouille, rishi thing, just know that that was already a current. I had that in my. I can show you the notes. Yes. Um, there. Yeah. There you go. There's my. There's the politics. There's the Sean politics take. You should do another podcast, like a two and a half minute. <laughs> Called what? <laughs> what just? <laughs> What? Just what? And you just have like just a couple of real surface level observations about politics this week. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to get into slightly more home territory here with the, the, the thank you and the fuck you. So these are these 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 potentially, you know, it could be big news, could be trivial stuff. Something you're grateful mm. for this week and something that you've yes. that's pissed you off. Well, do you know what? It's obviously it's a lot easier for me to think of things that have pissed me off. And um I couldn't think of anything to to thank and I thought well, gen- well, like, what what is good what is people what are people what what actually brings people together yeah where you go oh, yeah that's a good we all agree we are all liking that it's very difficult to find well, that every, not everybody has to like it you what about Sean what about what does well, Sean Walsh well, like well no I no I t- so okay well I I, 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 well, I just tell you what I'm enjoying is the the Elizabeth line, the Elizabeth line. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's it, it it it's brought together. There's a togetherness of people are actually excited in in, in the moment in this country. No one has no one could agree on on something being good, and no one mm. is agreeing on anyone enjoying anything. There's not. But the Elizabeth line. Yeah. That is just one thing where people. I saw a sixty-year-old man. I was at Paddington. Well, I, I, like he was in his sixties. This was an old man. Think this is this man has lived for decades on this planet, and I didn't. I, I all I got was him just turning 
to it must have been his daughter and he sounded like a little child and he just went can we take the elizabeth line <laughs> i thought this is great everyone is excited about it yeah. people are tweeting when they're getting on it yeah and, and people are looking for i've not even been on it no and i'm do you know, do you know what i'm doing Gen, gen, and I, this is this is psychopathic. I am. I've got this thing right. If I've got something to look forward to, I will hold it off for as long as I can. Because in life, the best thing is looking forward to the. Thing. No, no, it's completely. Christmas Eve better than Christmas Day. There but, is a problem here. Is it is it possible to spoiler do spoilers for the Elizabeth line? That's the problem. Because immediately I thought of films, and then I thought, oh, someone will tell you, oh, Andrew Garfield's in it, you know, when it comes to the spider, that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is, is that a risk with the Elizabeth line? I'm only hearing good things, Jeff. <laughs> I've, have you been on it? I, I, I haven't. I mean, I should say this, this is, if, if you're up north, you know, what most people think. I'm is, so sorry if you're up no, north. No, no, you can be, you can be shamelessly London-centric. I have to just slightly uh, caveat that. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's a new light. It's going to get bigger. It, it cuts across London. It's eventually just, it's eventually going to go to Reading. People are so excited about that. <laughs> exactly. This is what I believe that they are. Yeah, they, they are. are. Yeah, Everybody, yeah. It's such a, it's a, people are really into it. And I think it's, it's really, and it's, there's something, I don't know, is it, am I right about this? There's something British about trains. Very. Like, even if, even if you go abroad and, you know, it's not hard for the, for a train service to be better than ours. But even if you even if you go abroad, you go to Germany, you go to Norway, and the train service is better, it's like, it's, oh, they're doing our thing better. Yeah. I still feel like trains is ours, and you measure, I think it you might measure have, trains. I mean, it's like, it's by, by, by us. We are trains, and yeah. you are either doing what we do better or worse, but it's, it's still ours, it's, whether it's shit or not. Trains are ours. Okay, I think they might be ours. Now, I might be mistaken. It's a bit like cricket. It's the first line from Manchester to Liverpool. I think that might be true. So I think it's like cricket in a way, where something that was developed here and then been improved upon, and, and then we've had to go back to the drawing well, I would board. Say, I would say you could probably apply that to most things. Yes. <laughs> if, if, we've, if we've invented it, I'm sure someone improved it. Stop talking way. Britain down, Sean. I mean, oh, sorry. a wonderful country full of potential and dy dynamism. I think that that as a thank you is a fucking... Is that you doing Boris? Uh, it was a sort of generic Tory. <laughs> yeah, a, com a composite Tory. Um, oh, okay. I think that's a great thank you. I'm just going to do a quick fuck you before yours is teeth. Okay. I'm going to go fuck you teeth, all right? Because teeth, I don't really understand. Um, so I've had I've had toothache this week. Uh, a filling came out about two weeks ago, and like a toxic male. So, by the way, that's like the way you pronounced that. It sounded like you said a feeling came out. A feeling. You've, you've been you've been <laughs> holding. You're so so you're so suppressed. <laughs> you've been so suppressed as a man in the 21st century that yeah. you can't fucking handle it. That a feeling. Yeah, came I've out. been kicking. And, and, and you've got to talk about it. Fuck you to feelings coming out of my mouth. I've had. I've been kicking the dog for ever since. Just to yes. try and just try and get things back under control, but a, a filling came out, and um, okay. I didn't do anything about it because I was busy with work, and I was going to get basically to today. I was thinking, well, I'll go to Dennis today, but then I'll get all the work done. I won't miss any day's work, and of course, it got infected, and then just fucking the pain I was in on Sunday, um, and and what I want to know, right? So there's two things that come out of this. I, I, I whimpered, Sean, at one point. I actually oh, I wow. made a whimpering noise. That was sad. A little 45-year-old man in a fucking lay-by and an A-road oh. had to pull over. 
to whimper. <laughs> just, I made this noise. Make the noise. I went, Can you make the noise for Ooh. us, please? Just like that. It was so awful. And then I did another whimper later that night. It did help getting the whimper out, oh. actually. Well, I'm it, sorry to hear that. So then, then what, what, what I started to think about was why okay. teeth are so fucking delicately designed. Because when they go wrong, we, we spoke just before coming on there, you haven't had big problems with your teeth. When they go no. wrong, they yet, go, yet, they go yet. so fucking wrong. They're so oh, delicately wide. Like this is tiny thing can, that can absolutely dominate. Like one fucking tooth can dominate your existence. It's like, it's like if you had an injury to your fingertip, right? Yes. That meant you had to have a day off work. Like you couldn't cope. Yeah. I mean, like this. I'm genuinely. It's about that. You like even less than your fingertip. The very tip of your fingertip. Well, you put some painkillers. So I was, I was on pain. I don't like being on painkillers because I just felt. What do you mean? What? Do you, what? Well, no, because I. What well, are you talking I about? I accidentally. I don't like being on painkillers. So I was on what, a, because you're a man. I don't need. I don't need somebody to kill the pain well, for me. Well, no, no. Look, as, as you know, like chemically, I've certainly experienced lots of things. But <laughs> and so it's kind of ironic. Like well, I don't like not being straight in my head, but I don't like not being straight in situations where I should be straight. And, and just a quick aside, I see. I was on a right. So, so not, so not. You don't mind not being straight in a Vauxhall nightclub. In a Vauxhall nightclub, absolutely as God yeah. intended. But as um, many painkillers as you like. Yeah. Nightclub, yeah. yeah All sorts of yeah. opiates. But <laughs> I, I was on a writing job yesterday, and I just forgot that I had recently because you know they, they advise you now to do the neurofin and the paracetamol together like double drop and I just forgot because it started I don't know if they advise who's advising the that? dentist yeah that is a thing now apparently oh, okay I mean so I'd done that and then I just forgot and then two hours later I did that again and um and I was, oh, right so I was sitting watching the record of a thing I was off my tits like fucking buzzing like really out of control hoping this is you, you'll understand this hoping no one talks to me, Buzzy. <laughs> like, just because I don't know what sounds are going to come out of my mouth. I love that you've, 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 you've pointed to me for, you'll get this, hoping no one talks to you. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, look, obviously not the uh, the new clean clean living, Sean. Uh, so, so yeah, teeth, uh, fuck fuck teeth, badly okay. designed. I will it say, if the point is, is they need to be sensitive to tell you whether or not you put something too hot or too cold, I'll let my tongue do the work on that. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, you could do this thing. What about what all the celebs do? And not just celebs. I know, I know, I know someone around the corner who went to Turkey to get these... What are they they're like? Fillet, they're, I don't know what they're called. Where they put the teeth on your teeth? Veneers. Teeth. Yeah. Why don't you do veneers? Well, that because well, because uh, I'm not a cunt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Let's let's crack on to your fuck you. My fuck you, and I haven't really got my head around this. I can't get my head around the fuck you because I can't get my head around the thing that I'm saying fuck you to. Email chains. What what the fuck is this? I can't keep up. Whose idea was this? This isn't working. Scrap it. Scrap the email chain. Go back to the way it was before. Just individual emails. And I will sort it out. Like you tap one email. Oh, right, I've got an email. You tap. And it's like when you... Like those old comedians when you open up a like a piece of paper and then all the paper folds down. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like ten different people talking. One the the, the, the original topic, which was like, you know, are you free on this date? Is now, did you see the quarterfinal women's football? Like, what the fuck? 
I don't know what's no, going on. No, and I think that the way that they're laid out visually, so I've got this issue on my Hotmail. I'm still on Hotmail, by Every, the way. Everyone's got this issue, Jeff. It's not working. It is not working. <laughs> and as well, like, you look, like at the top of your emails, it'll have the blue, so I'm on Apple, so it'll have the blue dot to say it's unread. And I think, oh, I'm sure I've read that. And yeah. then I'll tap it. 47 emails will come down, but it's just the one that I've not unread, which is, you know, which will just say, got it. And the, da- the is, danger. This is chaos. No, and the danger of emailing the wrong person as a sidebar and, and saying so, I, I, this actually happened to me. So um, I was negotiating a job with someone that I, I, I sort of know and, and well acquainted with. But I then went back to my agent and sort of said, Let, you know, let's fucking oh, no. push him hard on the feet. Let's fucking squeeze <laughs> oh, no. the. Feet. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not someone oh, like I'm no. not, not someone I'm s- super close to. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, in uh-huh. the end, in the end, the fee went up, and maybe they just thought it was like proper hardball that I've like literally said that in front of their <laughs> face. I just never referred to it ever again. When I when I first started, I did, uh, or not first started when I first joined, which is a long time ago with my current agency. I got um, I got offered something like you know like Big Brother's Big Mouth or something something like that. Yeah, not to host it, just to, to appear on it. <laughs> and I thought, absolutely fucking not. Yeah, and they were CC'd in it. Brilliant. But then, like the producer was me seen absolutely fucking not. <laughs> oh, God, the only thing is, is no, the more you know about TV, you'll now know that the people working in that would probably have been as many people as were offended would go. Actually, the geezer's right. He's he's got yeah. principles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but do you know what I mean about the email channel? I, yeah, it, it, like they they tried to fix something that I don't think was broken. Just one by one, please. Just one like it's, yeah, yeah, linear, it's, it's fine. linear. I mean, do you know? Do you know what was so funny about when you started that? I, I now realise you're referring to a modern thing. I thought you were honestly doing like the most nineties. I thought you were just talking about emails, like and people being cc'd. I had a really alarming moment where I was going to actually stop the. Oh, in- right. I was going to stop the interview and go, Sean, can I just, is that going to be part of your Edinburgh thing? Because I don't think really that's like a good area for you. Um, so we're talking about there when I mentioned about like you know ninety style observations. I, last time when we chatted, people really loved the stuff that we said about nerves and how it really feels to do live at the Apollo. And I think you are like a, a comedy sort of like purist, you know, in a way. And um, I, I just think about things that I've never understood. What does that mean? Well, I, th- I think that I'm you- just calling you up on it because I I think. Um... We we throw those. Uh, I don't know what it means, around. and I, I regretted it, it, saying it. Actually, it. I regret saying it immediately because I suddenly <laughs> I became aware that you would call me out. And so I don't, can we just be clear? I don't know what I meant by that, but but I think you. And talk, that's what people should say more as well. I don't know. I don't know what I meant I'm by that. I don't, don't know, know why I said that, and I don't know what yeah. I meant. And, and I think fair enough. Good. I don't know. But either. you talk comedy. You're a good person to talk comedy with. So I want to talk to you about some, some things I've never understood in comedy, like why okay. they why they work so well, technical things. Oh, Let's yeah. start with the power of the callback. Now, if you don't, I mean, you'll probably be aware of what a callback is, but it will be if you watch a comic do a set, anything probably from about 10 minutes upwards, there'll be something that they discuss, and, and feel free to jump in if, if, if I'm not nailing the description, something they discuss, which somehow later in a routine they will allude to, and it tends to get a delighted reaction from the audience. Now, I can you think of any examples? I can't... Like, if you say oh, something... Uh, go on. So I, I think of example I had in my last tour show was I do a bit earlier on in the show about men leaving... Th- uh, women leaving things on the bottom step of the stairs 
uh, and and men just not noticing them. You know, an observational man woman bit. And um, and then later in the show, I talk about uh, pe- people in films having sex on work surfaces, and, and maybe it's the fact that the man clears it with with his arm, and to her, it's just sexy because it looks like he's doing housework. And then I I then go and then, and then I go oh. And I'm going to take that shampoo up to the bathroom or something like that, right? So I, I've called back Lovely. to a prison. And the audience are like, fucking, what is it? And, and either I sort of do understand a bit, why do audiences like that so much when you, when you do that? Because it gets disproportionate returns, I think. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm currently trying to write my new Edinburgh show and um, I would love it to be getting disproportionate returns. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> is it that you're showing like that you're is it they're in on the joke is that the thing i've never thought this until just well, look i always i always start off when uh i'm thinking about stand-up and i'm thinking about my own stand-up i always start in real life so i think you've got to start forget stand-up forget stand-up and take it to real life and 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 you think well you know what we do is if you bump into someone in the street, they say, "What are you up to?" Say so you say, "Oh, you say you say, oh, I've got, um, I've got a tryout spot for a TV show. I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to a comedy store. Producers are in, and uh, I got that tonight. And hopefully, I get on the, the TV show." You'll ask them what they're up to, and they'll tell you. And there'll be a bit of small chat. We should meet up. Blah blah blah. You'll say bye. When you say bye, one of you will refer back to the conversation. So you can guarantee that the person you've spoken to, Jeff, will go, see you later, Jeff, have a good week. Oh, and good luck with the the trial gig tonight. Because humans are, you know, we're naturally thinking stories and we are are organisers. Even, you know, even if you're messy, we like things to be organised and um, compiled and, 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 and tied up. And so I think mm. there's a great satisfaction, satisfaction that's a natural satisfaction to to something being tied up. So uh, and obviously, you know, coincidences are funny. So the callback will usually usually be quite a massive coincidence. So you're getting two things there for the price of one. You're getting a massive coincidence, which is what we enjoy in life, and you're also tying something up. And there's a great um, enjoyment from that so that i i think it's that is that the first time you've ever thought that through well it's i it's because that was really a really great answer and really philosophical and well i my you know i know i get a lot of stick from critics and stuff but but you know you i'm very the amount i think about stand-up you you would people would be shocked Um, almost uh, almost they would be going Almost a purist, some might say. <laughs> but you, you kind of, yeah, you know, you think about it. We, that's what we do, aren't we? We're obsessed. Do you know what? We're self-indulgent. I thought um, that that would be, and don't worry, we've got loads of stuff to talk about. I thought we'd really throw it around, but I think you've absolutely nailed what it is. Satisfied, tying up in a bow, pen, paying attention, that sort of stuff. All right, let's go on yeah. to another thing here. I remember when we were working on something a, a while ago and you were talking about a thing you were going to do for TV. And it was a subject. And you said, uh, I'll just do it as a rant. And at the time, 
you fucking millennial comics, you had new stuff that you were doing that, that comics of my generation above weren't doing. And ranting was one of them. So these are these things that, that kind of pick up. Was this pace. stand up for the week? It was stand up for the week. And, and there was there was other comics around the time that were deploying the rant. I remember Jack Whitehall uh, used to deploy it quite successfully. Other comics were doing it. Andrew Lawrence. Andrew Lawrence. Was was, the big, and those are my, in my head. If you go rant, my yeah. brain goes Jack Whitehall, Andrew Lawrence. Right. And so Rod Gilbert. Rod Gilbert. I oh think. my god. Yeah, yeah. Rod Gilbert. So yeah, the people remember they had a routine about a, a duvet and 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 uh, togs or something. Yeah, there was. He didn't understand the tog system. We should wish Rod the best, by the way. Yeah, of course, of course. Fucking brilliant comic. And uh, yeah, I think he's yeah. in. He's in recovery. I'm, yeah, oh, good. Great. Stuff. Oh no. Great. Oh, by the way, I say re- I say recovery. It's in the public domain that he, he's yeah, been, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's no, had cancer, but he's, he's in the outpatient thing. So all the best to Rob Gilbert. But Amazing. Yes. He 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 had that incredible routine about about duvets. But like, it was a new thing, and then you suddenly had. I, I guess comics sort of did it, but it was the first time I'd ever heard a comic say, "Or oh, that's like a device," or "I'll do it like that." Do you still do that in your comedy? Is it still a self a conscious no, no, choice? No, it's a good. Uh, that's a good question i think that the reason that comics of my generation and perhaps the generation just about i'm you know like the kind of russell howards um i think the reason that comics started thinking in devices really for perhaps in this country at least for the first time is because we were probably the first generation to grow up with stand-up uh, where we could go out and we could buy the videos. Yes. And suddenly there were TV shows and the internet was was beginning to grow. And although, you know, YouTube, I think, had a limit of 10 minutes uh, videos, they, it was still there um, for, you know, for your picking. And, and, and so you could kind of, you could watch stand-up really with, an analytical mind for the first time where you weren't kind of being distracted by, by the live event. I think I personally, I always think it's harder to kind of analyze the live event in standup mm. because, you, and I think it's a good thing. Whenever I watch it live, I, I kind of make a decision to switch off anyway, but you, you, you come, you become immersed in it happening it there, the human being, the emotion, the passion, the audience, the atmosphere, and that and that becomes a diversion. So my generation, we were growing up with VHS tapes, then DVDs, the internet. So you could kind of go, what are they doing? Mm. What is it? You could study working? it by remote, effectively. Oh, but right, that's much better. That's a great. And so way. yeah, and there were shows like Live at the Apollo. I mean, obviously, it was big throughout the noughties. It got bigger, you know, it, they, and then you added in McIntyre's Roadshow. So yes. there was just more content. Whereas I, I swear to God, the first time I did stand up, all I'd seen live of stand up was two gigs. Like, and it exactly. showed, it showed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the generation before, you know, not the, the generation, but if you look back to the late 70s and the early 80s, you know, a lot of those guys that started out, they started out because they were in, in, in the Billy Connolly fashion because they were musicians and there was an open mic night. Mm. Uh, like, I think John Maloney was in a band originally and then, and then switched over into... And so they were doing shtick, patter, banter. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, you're not, you're not getting devices from, 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 falling into, from falling into it that way. 
When it comes to the rants, I was replacing Jack Whitehall on Stand Up for the Week, and I was absolutely petrified. And 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 a rant was the most um, kind of was the easiest way, essentially, of being able to fill time yeah. <laughs> without being funny for the longest <laughs> amount of time, and and, and get and, and get uh, applause at the end. And, and, and getting some sort of, yeah, and, and building to a crescendo, getting a, an applause or a laugh. So really, that for me at the time was uh, a device that was good for when you were really scared of, uh, you know, of, of actually, I don't know, trying to tell a joke. I don't, I don't, I certainly don't do that anymore. I, Jeff, the reason I don't do that anymore is I, I cannot be bothered. Yeah, it takes a lot of energy. I, I do it think, so I do energy. think ranting, ranting is a young man's game, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I was watching Jeff, uh, uh, George Carlin. Mm. Uh, George Carlin, um, uh, there's a great documentary that if you're a big comedy fan, you should watch by Judd Apatow, two-parter on, jo- uh, on George Carlin. And he was like an, an elderly man doing those rants. Yeah, it's but I always think... insane. This sacrilege, but when I watch him, I do see like a very teenage mentality like a totally. like, like a very skilled comic yes. uh, and and again Incredibly maybe skilled. it's become over familiar because of what he did but the problem is is it's the same with um fucking bill hicks as well like when you when someone's doing that high status kind of like i'm gonna tell you how it is sort of thing and you go oh but that was that wasn't really that uh it wasn't shocking or these are mainstream opinions but that is because probably social media Every you got fucking like totally. aunties saying that stuff on Facebook so, now. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's very. I, I was doing Richard. You're absolutely right. I was doing Richard Herring's podcast, and um, I think we spoke about this if, uh, on the podcast. If we didn't speak about, it, if it wasn't before the podcast, uh, is if you tend to like me, find humour in the way that people behave which is then, you know, is branded observational comedy. That suddenly becomes, you, you, you take one scroll down social media, the amount of times you look at a meme and you go, I fucking was doing this bit 12 mm. years ago. Yeah, yeah, and some yeah. prick has put it into a meme and it's got 4 million views. And then when <laughs> I get it, it's like obvious hack cunt, you know? Like, yeah, what? Yeah. But, but it yeah, makes you, you, you nick, like, you nick think, that off Arse Badger. You know, who the fuck is exactly. Arse Badger? Yeah, 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 and then you yeah. go on Facebook, some prick called Arse Badger's got 16 million followers. I know, right, totally. But I think what that, what I'm guessing that will do is it will have an effect on stand-up. Because you can't, you've got, to, you've got to think twice now before you, you kind of say these things that maybe 10 years ago would have been great fun for the audience. If you were to drop them now, the audience would go, yeah, we've, we've seen the meme, mate. We've yeah, seen yeah, like, yeah. We've all seen that meme. So I wonder, will it push stand-up into a place where the stand-up has... It, it basically, it has to be either more autobiographical or it has to be themed. It has or, to or be... better, just better, because that's what it does with me. Yeah, well, yes, if I, if I If I do observations about men and women now, which I've always done, I fucking love... It's my favourite thing to it. do. Yeah, it's, great. it's my favourite thing to do in comedy... But I really have to drill down now and go right. And I've got to notice, like on the last tour, there was there was a bit I was doing about 
how you like the, the genders are different because I've never seen two men swimming side by side just so they could continue chatting, right? And that's the thing you see. Amazing. So, but I, the, I, do you know what, Jeff? I said, you're like this. I was doing the banana cabaret. I was doing um, a work in progress show. This is only last week, I think. And there were two women in the front row, and I asked them how they knew each other. Yeah. And they and they met at running club. Hmm. And I and I just went. That is the most woman thing yeah. I have ever heard. And I, when I was saying it, I thought. I don't know if you can say this anymore. Because judging, yeah. if you had to judge by Twitter or the social media, you go, oh, I don't think you could, you, I don't think you could generalize like mm. that. And, and then obviously everyone pests themselves because guys would never, generally, always yeah, generally just... speaking, meet at running club. Yeah, this is my mate. We met, at, my mate Al, we met at running we just, club. We just hit it off. We just really, <laughs> yeah, just got so much in common. Or we were, yeah, we were at antenatal classes and God, we just, yeah. thick as thieves we were, like me, me and Steve, me and Steve, Steve, thick as thieves. Um, I think that, that's it, a it's, great bit, the swimming bit. That's it, where it's sort of, um, but it kind of, the, the thing is, so social media represents a, a way of reacting to things that isn't common. So for most people, gender, yes. gender stereotypes are identifiable. People actually find them re, like reassuring. And also, totally, yeah, if you look at like the breakout stars of social media of the last few years, TikTok, and you know, you look at someone like Mo Gilligan, very talented, charismatic performer. If you look at a lot of his, his social media clips, what he was essentially saying was, there are blokes like this, and there are women like this, and people fucking love it because it was well done. They were like totally uh, like good observations. But what happened was, I think, I, I've been banging the drum of this theory for a while. Is that because TV industry is essentially kind of like middle class and stuff? So they were Absolutely, like, well, yeah. that's passe. The audience don't want that, and then so they moved on from a subject that people will is fucking evergreen. So yeah, long, totally. so as long as long as you've got something new to say, philosophers, you know. Going going back to the ancient Greeks, you, you know, you philosophize and you you theorize about the differences between these two genders, these two species. Yeah. The, you know, people we, that you will never, but we men and women will find each other a mystery. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that, and that's not going to be solved. No one's going to solve it. And you go, ah, oh, we got it. This never. I so, don't want to solve it. I like the I like the riddle. I like the mysteries. And and I think if you are heterosexual. The differences are the basis of attraction. So if you're sort of like shitting on the differences, you go, that's what I that's what I like. Like, you know, I might moan yeah. about it, but like that is what makes me, you know, like the fact that a lot I, of women like blokes with big arms. Like I, you, I, you, you don't need me to you don't need me to go hunting, but there's something in you that sees that as something that you don't fucking have. And the uh I mean I don't have anywhere to put this in my show, and I've I only got to run it out once, so I never finessed it, but I thought one of I thought that this would probably be in your uh, your realm here mm. is when, when it's like, Grace, my partner, my fucking God, when it's one of her friend's birthdays, mm. you go on Instagram, there's like this entire flick book of their entire relationship going yeah. back to like the first day they met yeah. at school, then college, then their first holiday, then their first job, the first time one of them got a boyfriend. It, it's just every single photo. And it's like this montage from a Pixar film. You feel like you've been with them the entire <laughs> journey of their relationship. And with men, you just get one text. And the text says, was it your birthday yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> that, like, it, you, that's it. 
And I find yeah. and I love that. Or if they get it, or if you get it on your birthday, it'll be like happy birthday, prick. Yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you are lucky enough yeah. to get it on your birthday, it has to come. It has to be kind of buttered. Folded in with an insult. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, but I think about that, like, I think more and more about female behaviour and how and what it really means. And that seems like a nice thing, right, that they've chronicled the relationship and they're showing their friend how, how much it means to them. Isn't it just another form of competitiveness, though? Because they're sort of setting the bar for being a great friend so fucking high, unreasonably high, going, look why... And, and it's like a fucking nuclear arms race where the other one goes, oh, fuck. Last year, she got me stationary because she knows I love stationary, but she also had, like, fucking Matthew McConaughey's face on the notepad because she knows I love Matthew McConaughey. I reckon they're in a, I reckon they're in a fucking arms race and that none of them know how to get out of it. <laughs> Okay, just before we crack on uh, with the comedy chat here, uh, we are both going up to uh, Edinburgh. Sean, is it, is it a brand, are you up for the full month? I'm up for the full month, brand new show. And um, if you don't mind me just quickly plugging, I've got a, a free uh, stand-up show on YouTube that's now got over 110,000 views with pretty much no, certainly no mainstream PR. So I'm, I'm really chuffed. That's just from comedians yeah, sharing it, basically. It's yeah. sharing. Oh, thank you. And, um, and this, if you watch that, this is a kind of a part two, really. Um, if, if, if Kiss is what it was like to go through that, this show is about... Uh, what it's like, you know, to, to what happens to someone's life after they've been through that, and um, and I kind of I want I just wanted to tell that story and have a. I know this sounds very mushy, but just have a happy ending because I, you know, I was in the edit mm. with Kiss and I was like, this is just tragic, mm. fuck. Yeah. And so I just wanted to kind of I, I just wanted to mend that. So please come along. It's called Sean Walsh is dead, happy now. It's on at <laughs> ten o'clock. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, 10 p.m. at the stand one, a real comedy club. So please come. Uh, yes, and and there. and you're going sensible with the ticket prices. I saw. Oh, am I? I don't know. Or was that you? Did the stand have sensible prices? Not like you know, like there are certain venues in Edinburgh where you go seventeen quid for that fucking geezer. Oh. Honestly. <laughs> I am up. I'm not up for the full run. I'm up for the 12th to the 28th, doing the last chance to see my show, I Blame the Parents, which will have nice. new nice. politics. Because I'd, I'd stop talking about politics. I found politics so boring where it was just, Boris is a prick, he's going to stay. Boris, that was tedious. There's nothing to say about that. Now we've got new pricks to talk about. So uh, I'll be, I'll yes. be I'll, that is, that is going to be part of the show. So do come and see if you're up there. All right, let's get back to uh, the comedy chat. There was a thing that I was, I was, I was wondering about um, is, is, is sort of censorship. And I'm, I'm not talking about like the, the, your stuff and your story here. Just There's been a few things here recently. <laughs> you just breathed out there like, oh, fuck, what's he going to ask me? Here? Well, yeah, no, yeah. It, like, if he mentions the word trans, I'm getting off the call. Um, <laughs> so there was a period where it was like people getting in trouble for material, people like uh, not having as much work because of that. And, and, and that seemed to be yeah. the way that the wind was blowing. However, there have been some recent examples uh, with Ricky Gervais, uh, with Jimmy Carr uh, and, and his Netflix special, with Dave Chappelle, where they seem to have ridden it out. Now, is, is that just, look, these guys are brilliant comics, 
world famous, 40 million quid in the bank, uncancellable. <laughs> or, 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 or do you think like, you know how things overcorrect and then they kind of wobble back to the centre? Do you think that there's a degree to which the TV world is going, do you know what, if, if we knew to comedians and, and, and the, the comedy is just going to carry on becoming less funny, do you think there's been a bit of a change in the atmosphere? Um, oh, God. I mean, um... I mean, you're not a comic that would go out and... I mean, obviously, there's a story that you've had to tell which kind of, like, is is, is, a, is a sensitive thing for you to talk about, right? Uh, but that's a bit different from going headlong into you going out there and going, right, fucking trans stuff. And, you know, I mean, I, I, people what? always talk about woke subjects, but I can never think of any other than trans stuff. I, <laughs> <laughs> I want to say this whilst I remember it because I think your podcast... I think your podcast is actually the perfect place to say it. And this is something I do feel passionately about and really does fuck me off. There is a trend in comedy, and it's often, right, this is said by uh, white male comedians hmm. that make comedy, that, that are doing comedy about white people, right? <laughs> Did you know what I'm, have you yes. seen this? Right? Yeah. Okay, this is, I, 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 this, okay. This I do get angry about. They, they're in comedy at the moment in the UK, and I can't speak for America, but something I do understand is in this country, there are these uh, kind of, you know, and they're funny, you know, stereotypes, generalizations, whatever, being made about uh, white men. Hmm. I want to make it clear now. Those jokes are always being made by white middle-class men, and yeah. the tropes that they're talking about are white middle-class men. This yeah. is not white men. Working-class people do not do the things that these white middle-class people are using as punchlines. My yeah. brother, who is a postman, who lives in Port Slade, outside Brighton, has never even fucking heard of some of the things that are being <laughs> used as punchlines that white men are doing, like drinking, I don't know, elderflower juice. You're like, yeah. that's not a thing that white, you have mistaken what people in Hackney are doing for the rest of the country. It's mm. Fucking drives me nuts. Well, I suppose that they imagine you know that about? if the, if they lash out against something, it kind of because I suppose now if you're a straight white middle class man working going on stage, right? Even working class is slightly different. They're aware that fuck, it's very the, different. The force is not with us, right? Uh, this is not necessarily our time. So they, I wonder if they sort of think I can insulate myself totally. against this by totally attacking, yeah. Totally what they're doing. And and it's it's just such a... It, I don't mind. If you're going to do the joke, just get it right. I don't give a... Sh if you get it right, then fine. I'll laugh and I'll enjoy it. But you keep on saying white straight men. And it's it's white middle class... It, you're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about middle class people. It's, you're not talking about people like my, my friends and my brother. And it drives me nuts. Yeah, get yeah. the stereotype right. If you're going to do it, get it right. Well, I mean, isn't that like in a way a, a sort of coda for a lot of comedy is that if you if you can pick something funny enough, people will give you that license. I was watching um, I was watching like a Russell Peters clip and obviously he's a massively successful comic and a lot of his comic is based about observing things about different nationalities and races. And, and, and the thing that interested me was, like, and there's a lot of debate on his comedy, you know, a lot of people in the industry. I've, ne I've never seen it. Yeah, like, a lot of people can be quite sniffy about it, but I wasn't really thinking about that. I was looking at the audience, right? So then he was speaking about Korean people, 
And uh, it cut to like some Korean people in the audience, and they were just so fucking buzzing, like to be included, like yeah, like we are like that, you know, like there's that's the line that's difficult. Obviously, in the seventies, there was this thing where you had sitcoms that really were, were not getting the balance right, you know, they oh, yeah. they, they weren't good observations yeah. and stuff. But now, <laughs> like, there's a point where where you get so many people. I, I would say that maybe American comedy, if you take American comics, have always been a bit more ease talking about. Race, so you'll hear like a white American comic, you know, maybe someone like Bill Burr going, "There's this fucking yeah, there's a group of Mexicans there," you know, and he'll say something yeah, that's yeah, part yeah. part of the joke. Whereas I think that there's almost like a a sort of constipated element to British comedy when it comes to talking about race, and there's such a clear idea of hierarchy. So if you are this race, you can talk about everybody. If you are like yes. an Asian yes. man, you can then talk about other straight white men and white women. And, yes. and and I think that I suppose the problem for that comedically is what you're doing is you're shutting down subjects bit by bit, going, can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. So you yeah. either, you either, like you say, become heavily themed um, or you just delve into your own neuroses, which we saw happen a lot with a certain sort of branch of millennial beta male comedy where they sort of like, well, if I can't beat up on anyone else, I'll just beat up on myself. But the, So what you then take is a whole planet of 7 billion people that you could take the piss out of and you discipline it down to one, and 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 you think, well, yeah, I I get that probably it's coming from a morally good place, but but it's probably not great for comedy. What most people one thing that was interesting, obviously, you did backstage. You were fantastic on it. You were was it the first episode you were on? Yes. Yes. You had this Thank brilliant. You. I mean, like if you haven't watched backstage with Catherine Ryan already, then we're probably. And you're not- it's also starring everyone. Your very own Jeff Norcott. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in it somehow. It. Blagged yeah. my way into it. And um, it, it, it's, it, look, if you're loving this kind of comedy chat, this is really is. I think everyone can get something out of it. But if you love your comedy, you're going to fucking love this. Um, you, it seemed to be like a, 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 a. I mean, I know like you've done like TV stuff over the last few years. You know, it hasn't been completely uh, uh, sort of barren. But this was like a yeah, yeah. like a high profile thing, and it seemed to be really good for you you know like the, the experience and the reaction has it been a good thing I've, oh jeff it's been absolutely um i didn't think that far forward i had kind of basically forgotten gen- genuinely forgotten what it was like for people outside of kind of my own instagram page with people replying to the own my own stuff that i'm producing which i had to do i forgot about people coming up to you in the street I completely, Mm. like, I thought that was a part of my life that was gone. And since I've done backstage with Catherine Ryan, people have been stopped. I I was in London the other day. I got stopped four times Mm. for one programme. I I think a lot of people must be watching it. And my point was just to say, like, how much... um, how much I've been enjoying um, people uh, stopping me to to say something nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, there must be a, a, like a, a PTSD hangover of when someone comes up to you and goes, Sean Walsh, you must be like, fuck it out. Yeah, no, there is. Yeah. There, there is. And um, I'm, I've, I've still got that a little bit. I've still, you, people look at me on a tube and I... It still makes me slightly uncomfortable, but because uh, I don't know which bit they've read and which. Yeah, yeah. But but, but but you know, I want to keep this positive. But, but this yeah, is yeah, a yeah, really no, no, positive no, no, thing. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, it's been absolutely wonderful, and so many people have got in touch, and I, I genuinely think I've got work out of it. Yeah. Um, and it's it was just absolutely amazing. I forgot how good it, it felt, and I think 
you know, I think this time round, you feel like life has given you a kind of second chance. And I feel that this time round, I kind of appreciate it more. And, um, I, you know, stand-up shows haven't been doing, I think, I don't pay too much attention, but on television, I don't think they've been doing too well. No, they As haven't done the like, same business that they used to. Yeah, because people uh, can be so selective. They go, right, I'm going to get exactly that from Netflix or exactly yeah. that of YouTube. And you know what, BBC, if you're not going to do edgy comedy, I'll go and find it somewhere else. You know, Totally, yeah. Did you hear, have you watched the episode that you were in? Have you watched it? No, no. Did you Did you hear some of the roast jokes that I wrote about you? Yes, yes, yes. they're amazing. Uh, can can I go I, through a few of them now? I would, lo- I would love you to. Um, one of them, what, look, let, you're going to run through them. And for yeah. the listeners, one of them made me feel slightly uncomfortable. Let's see which one you can, you can, see, well, you can guess. I, 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 I can only remember three at this point in time. Uh, Sean Walsh looks like a gay lion, which that was quite you fun know, and, and fine, general. Yeah, bit of fun. Uh, Sean Walsh looks like he's got a smelly dick. That was that was the one. That was, I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm like paying. I'm paying extra attention now when I'm washing my balls. Yeah, yeah. Well, the um, the thing is, you you look. You you admit this, but you know, you have a, a certain fan base in the female community. You always have doing stand ups. So when you're writing a roast joke like that, I feel like what I'm, my job is to is 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 to cut you down. But the scent of my genitals. I, but I thought that the, the funny thing is, is like that was I thought that was like a really bad joke. But you know the way that people react to stuff, they'll generally zero in on stuff you say about like female and stuff like that. I thought I don't I can't think of anything worse than saying something that personal <laughs> uh, about someone's uh, genitals. But yeah, no, I did have a bit of paranoia actually about, about the roast and stuff because I just sat for days just going, he's a cunt, he's this, you know, just. <laughs> And then they were like, okay, right, it's out. Yeah, the, 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 the roast bit that you did with Catherine's actually not quite a big feature of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, do you remember, yeah. do you know, was that the worst one you did for anyone? Have you got uh, any other? Um, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> Uh, just for the benefit of listening there, I just made eyes to Sean like, don't, don't. I, I, all this shit I'm saying about free speech and uncensorship, I'm like, yeah, yeah let's just, let's just crack on. But I mean, it is, it is, it is a, it is a great show. And and one thing that the show like reminded people as if they needed to be reminded is everyone say this about you. You, you, you know, you've done great stuff on television. You're a brilliant live comic. Uh, and, and there is some, some comics where the value of being in the room with somebody, it, it adds so much more. You'll have known comics like this where you go, all right, great on telly, but fuck me, like the difference of being in a room. And so to that end, if you are up in Edinburgh, come and see your old mate Jeff at 5pm, <laughs> go and have a meal, get on the pit, see some, <laughs> see some old shit uh, about 7pm, <laughs> see some fucking like feminist improvised poetry at 7 p.m. and then uh, and then go and see for your absolute like guaranteed laughs uh sean walsh at 10 p.m uh at the stand oh bless you thank you so much for coming back on the Thanks show for and having uh, me. i will see you up at the fringe okay that was the chat with sean i mean i just enjoy i, I like that you know this show can just flip to have a, just a long chat about comedy. So I hope all your fellow comedy purists out there uh, enjoyed that. Uh, give Sean a follow. Uh, do watch his special kiss. Come and see us both uh, at the Edinburgh Festival. And um, I don't know what's going to happen over the next week. Uh, the Tory leadership race. That's my teeth, by the way. The Tory leadership race. Fucking hell, knock off. You've been there. Had a couple of couple of nips of brandy. Um, the Tory leadership race will be concluded by September the 5th. So we've got stuff to talk about, at least. And, uh, you know, just... Just when it comes to net, is there going to be another heat wave? 
soon. All right. Just, uh, you know, what I say with heat waves is I'm going to give some very sensible advice here is enjoy them. Get out there. Have a barbecue. <laughs> I'm joking. See you next week. Bye.